Howdy, 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 howdy. My name's Sheriff Woody. Howdy, 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 howdy. If you know, if you've been paying attention this long, you know I am a fan of Toy Story. And I love that part when a shark comes up and he's like, hi, I'm Sheriff Woody. Howdy, 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 howdy. Um, <laughs> yeah, isn't that How to funny? kick off this... Uh newest episode hi everybody and welcome back to outcast united podcast what's happening guys um we are going to be continuing that villains discussion that has been on hiatus for way too long just for a little while (laughs) a couple months so um yeah so we're gonna be talking about villains uh here in this episode um because there's there's there are a lot of amazing villains across all of comic bookdom not just Batman villains, not just DC villains, not just Spider-Man villains. Um, there are some really amazing villains out there that really do feel like some of them get kind of undercut and never used properly, in my personal opinion. Well, I remember that the initial reason why we started this was because we were having both a conversation about underrated villains with really, really awesome powers that never get used properly. And I was challenging you to write stories. And then we also were talking about how heroes were really defined also by the villains that, you know, they're yeah. known for. Yeah, that they're known for. Yeah. And that's what led us to dun, 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 where we are now. <laughs> All right. So that was a recap for anybody that, you know, um, either didn't w- listen to the last episode or. I mean, based off the plays, a lot of you did listen to it. I've looked at the, the metrics on it. And thank you very much for all of our listeners out there. Yes. Who have you. been loyal fans of Outcast United and has listened to the podcast and stuck by our unbelievably unrealistic, uh, unroutine schedule of. Uh, you know, episodes whenever we actually do make them. Uncut and un... <laughs> right, uncut, uncensored, just raw and unedited and all that stuff. Right. Um, but first thank take, you guys. unplanned half the time. <laughs> One, first take, no bake, in the can, easy bake. Whatever it was they said or whatever. Either way. <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to thank you guys all for sticking it out and, and hanging out and coming back whenever we do make a new episode. Because uh, I know sometimes it does seem like, are they going to come back? Are they making another? And we just you never know what else sometimes. Dun, da, da, da. Um, and you never know what ends up being an episode because of some mild conversation that me and Kat have that lends me to be like, huh, let's have... Why are we having this discussion without recording it? Right. Like, <laughs> and that's usually how we end up recording half of our episodes. That's how all governmental secrets get leaked. Why, why is nobody recording this conversation? Like, so, once again, because um, we... I think this is only like maybe our second time using the equipment since it was uh, bought for us. So I uh, wanted to give a shout out once again and thank Derek for getting Oh, we've awesome. used it a lot. Well, I mean, in the podcast. Well, we're not using it in the podcast. This is the podcast. Yes, but we're not using the microphone that Derek got us for the podcast. Oh, yeah. That's I don't have a USB to phone jack converter. And we discovered that on the computer we only get 30 minutes, so... Right. If we record on Anchor from our for for our for the podcast, we only get thirty minutes. Which don't get me wrong, thirty minutes episodes are not bad. Sometimes we ain't you know an hour is too long, so we can do we can start doing thirty minute little snippets. I can do those on my own. I can just do thirty minute episodes of just like little bitty stuff, you know. But then nobody gets to hear us banter. Well, there's that too. But I mean, you know. I think that's half the appeal. I hope it is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the appeal is. I hope the appeal is that you guys love what we talk about and you like hearing from us. And the random inner like interjections of parenting in the background, which will not have to happen today. Yay! <laughs> 
Um, so we're going to start with villains uh, before we get derailed into God knows what else. But we're going to start with villains with a villain that Kat has been dying. Dying. To talk about. She brings this villain up all the time. Whenever villains get mentioned, whenever we even remotely get close to any type of martial arts and it, whatever, this she always gets brought up. So, this without f- further ado, and I will leave this to her to talk about this villain so she can have all the airtime for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you your favorite admin, Kat, and her favorite villain, currently... Currently, I don't know. It might change. Uh, currently, <laughs> your favorite villain. Currently, Lady Shiva. Lady Shiva, ladies. <laughs> oh God. Uh, no pressure. No, no pressure. None, none whatsoever. Give all the anxiety to the anxious wife who's on the anti-anxiety meds. Yeah, that's okay. Um. So anyway, hi. Um. So, Lady Shiva. All right. So I'll, I'll help you out. From your standpoint, why do you like Lady Shiva? I will help you out by giving you questions that will help you, guide you. Okay, so... I'll be like your spirit guide. For one thing, um, I like Lady Shiva because she reminds me of a way more badass Catwoman, honestly. Um, She is a martial artist who marches to the beat of her own drum, is sometimes a hero, sometimes a villain, and is best known for being the greatest martial artist in all of the world and the uh, teacher of none other than Batman. This is true. So it's just like, man, like the, the greatest martial artist on the Justice League is trained by this person. This person has clout over that. That is that's just like amazeballs. So. Yeah, I, don't get me wrong. Lady Shiva is an amazing character. I think she is a great... Uh, comic book character too that was introduced by uh, Dennis O'Neill and Rick Estra. I read his last name totally wrong, but Estrada. Estrada. Um, Lady Shiva first appeared in Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter number five, five. in December of 1975. Oh. Now, mind you, I have been looking for this comic book. It is amazing. That's the year my cousin was born. My cousin Shannon. Oh, um, I think it's pretty amazing that. For a character who is not always in the mainstream and a character who has not been on like anybody's like radar or speculation anything, that fucking comic book is hard as shit to find. <laughs> like, I have called, I spent like an entire Saturday trying to hunt this comic book down and nobody had, like everybody had issues one, two, three, four, four six. six and going down the line, like... <laughs> It's some, it, you know, uh, and it's one of those things like you know you always think something that's like really important or special to you, and it's only special to you, and it turns out it's actually special to other people too. Oh God, way too many people. Uh, so for all you out there, if you if you happen to come across it, just know like I will f- be forever grateful to you guys if you help me find a copy of Richard Dragon Kung Fu Fighter number five from December of 1975. Even if it's a reprint. You can PM us on... Uh, uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you use, you know, Smoke Signals, whatever the fuck it is. I don't care. I will find you and we will hook up so I can get this comic book. <laughs> um, like I said, it can even be a reprint. I'm not one of those purists that I have to have an original copy. I mean, it'd be cool if it was, but we're not picky to that extent. Right, I'm not we're picky not to that We're not going to stuff yeah. our nose up to it if 
if it's what what we get offered. <laughs> right. Uh, so that is that is where that is. So that is Lady Shiva. So um, before I will, I will I will run down the affiliation stuff so Cat don't have to do that, and then she can talk about the history and the abilities and stuff. So uh, um, her affiliations for most of the time, Lady Shiva is known. Uh, she worked for the Brotherhood of the Fist, uh, the League of Assassins, and with the Birds of Prey at one point in time. Um, she has the ability to reach, uh, to read body language and anticipate an opponent's actions. And she's a martial arts grandmaster and is considered one of the best fighters in the DC universe. Um, it should be known that, that Lady Shiva did train Batman twice. She trained him the first time around and after he got his back broken in the nineties and he was retraining himself to become Batman again, Lady Shiva is who trained him. And... Lady Shiva is who Bruce sent Tim Drake to when Tim was training to become yep, Robin. Yep, that gets mentioned in here. Yeah. So, <laughs> I will now hush and allow Kat to read you some Lady Shiva history. Alright, so, um, I am actually going to be reading this straight from the Batman Wiki, um, so, you know, bear with me. Um... So, Lady Shiva, also known as Sandra Wusan, was born in a shanty town. <laughs> I, we laugh so hard at this. Shanty little town. Some shanty people town. say shanty. Some people say, say shanty. shanty. <laughs> it just sounds funny when you say shanty. So if you say it. a shanty, then you're just talking about the rap, the, the <laughs> singer from like the 90s. It's totally different. <laughs> but a shanty town in an unknown country. Of course, it has to be unknown because we can't name it. And raised to be a warrior and protector of the village. Eventually, Shiva successfully fled the village with her sister. Years later, when the heroine Black Canary visits the village to experience Shiva's training, a village child named Sin is held hostage by the villagers. With the promise that if Canary fails to become the warrior protector of the village, Sin is to take her place, suggesting that Shiva's sister was once used in a similar manner. Speaking about her childhood, Sin p says that Rachel Ghoul's League of Assassins ran the village. League. Le Rachel Ghoul's League of Assassins. There you go. Le Dyslexia, guys. Uh, ran the village where she and Shiva were born and raised. The sisters moved to Detroit using the name Sandra and Carolyn Wu San. There they developed. Uh, uh, there they devoted their time to practicing the martial arts. Because the girls' young age, talents, and unique bond of sisters, their practice evolved into a secret, perfect, uh, perfected language that only they could share. Out of love for her sister, Sandra held back in her spars with Carolyn. The assassin Dan Kane, David Kane, saw this restraint in Sandra one day when he visited. Detroit to see the siblings perform. Considering Sandra a kindred spirit, Kane murders Ka uh, Carolyn in order to remove the, obs the obstruction that blunted Sandra's potential, uh, true potential. Um, and in perfect fashion, discovering that David Kane has murdered his sister, Sandra hunts him down, only to be lured into an ambush by Rachel Ghoul's League of Assassins, of which Kane is a member. Dun dun dun. Um, in the heat of the losing battle, Sandra realizes how Caroline has actually held her back and how much underdeveloped potential she had. Kane spares her life, and in exchange, Sandra agrees to bear him a child and leave it to and leave it to, for him to raise. The child, Cassandra Kane, was to be Rachel Ghoul's one who is <coughs> all, a perfected bodyguard, who only forms of communication was literacy and body language, and whose soul 
instinct was for hand-to-hand combat. With Carolyn gone, Cassandra and Sandra were the were the only two humans known to share this gift. The day of Cassandra's birth, Sandra set out to become reborn as the Lady Shiva, creator and destroyer. So, which she successfully did. Yes, I, will, I can wholeheartedly say, Lady Shiva accomplished just that. She definitely does. Um, it goes on to say that Shiva set out with martial arts and began training to perform them. She went on adventures with Richard Dragon and became addicted to the adrenaline rush that it granted from life and death situations. She eventually became a mercenary for hire in order to finance her activities. She became so skilled that people would pay high prices for her services. Shiva continued to work as a mercenary for money, challenge, and perfection of her skills. Um... Eventually, she encountered the League of Assassins and its leader, Ra's al Ghul, and began an on-and-off association with them. Though she was kept close ties with the League, she sometimes works against their interests, as seen during Batman Legacy. So, then it goes on... Oh, gosh, there's just so much. There's a, there's a lot to her history down the line, but right. that, is a, so, that is a great little... So, she has ties with Black Canary, Catwoman, with the Robins, uh, both Jason and Tim... Um, she's a course trained Batman. I think at one point, uh, it suggested that she trained, uh, Black Lightning. Um, so she's got a lot of tie-ins to a lot of very well-known characters inside the DC Most universe. of the most, mo- she's got a lot of ties mostly to the House of Bat. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Black Canary and... Still House of Bat. The only oh, reason yeah. she would have gone to get trained by is because Batman would have sent her. Probably. So anyway, um, you know, she's not only just got martial arts, you know, skills and stuff like that out the wazoo, but she also has uh, skills in medicine and tactical analysis, and she has an indomitable will, which makes her um, very much in control of her uh, of her pain levels, in control of her emotions. Uh, she can control like how much blood she loses if she gets cut. Like she's basically like the monk of the like D and D campaigns. Once they get yeah. the perfect body, and they can just reject poison, they just like nope, I'm not poisoned. Bye. Like she's to that level. Um, an indomitable will to me also usually means that she cannot be manipulated or mind controlled by anybody that has such abilities, because will usually you know, it has to do with, you know, mental and willpower. So, um, that's how I understand it. That's how I'm going to interpret it because, you know, she's a badass and why not just make her more badass? Yeah. Um, my complaint (laughs) that I always dive into. So, but well, before we get it, you've already covered powers and like what she can do. Okay. So let's talk about the, the places she's appeared, go down to like other media and it'll show you like where we'll talk about the places you've seen lady Shiva Okay. And then we'll get to your complaint because this will give a basis of you've seen her. You might not realize it, but you've, but seen, you've her. seen her. So um, one one of the first places was uh, apparently in the Birds of Prey TV series. Um, I did not see that episode, but anybody we didn't that, watch a lot of the bird. We, we we watched like maybe the first three episodes and just but, couldn't no more. It was I, yeah. I, anyway. Um, she was in uh, Beware the Batman. Episode. It, has, oh. it just says Beware the Batman. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, so. Lady Sheba Beware the Okay, but so she made an appearance in Beware the Batman. Batman. Which, oh, wait, no. Yeah, okay. Beware the Batman is the one that I, I refuse to watch. That's why. 
It's the one Batman animated TV show that I'm just oh, like. Oh, yeah. This, this uh, weird him, 3D. Yeah, right, and they give him Katana as, because Alfred's like retiring or some shit or whatever. And Katana ends up being like the new. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it, so yeah. it's like she appears in some episode with a silver monkey and Dr. Jason Burr and. You know what? Mm-mm. Yeah, you lost and me Katana. Silver monkey. And yeah, so anyway. I was, I was done in Silver Monkey. So anyway, I'm not even going to go there because that was already a suck version of the Batman anyway. Um, she appeared in Batman Arkham, Arkham Origins. Which most of you, I know, played, so you've seen it. Right. All of you know Lady Shiva. Which you will put her ass in that, I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't even think we fight. Oh, okay. I don't even think you actually fight Shiva in that. Then uh, DC Superhero Girl shorts, which everybody's all happy in that. And of course, Soul of the Batman, which was an amazing Soul of the Batman. Movie. But that was the one that did her well, if I remember. All right. Leading okay. into your complaint. Okay. So uh, this isn't enough of them because we've seen her in other stuff other than this. That's fine. Well, those have been comic book. That's um, other media. So it's just been showing. Okay. Uh, she was in Brave and the Bold. Um, yeah. And one talks about the weather is the name of the episode. Um, anyway, so my complaint was every single time Lady Shiva has ever appeared on any media of Batman, despite this epic fucking legacy that she's got, she gets her ass whooped and usually very fucking quickly. She was in Superman Batman Public Enemies. That's what it that was. Is the, that is the first time I can remember. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, you're good. You're good. That's the first time I can remember seeing Lady Shiva. She's at the scene at the end, near the end of the story, near the end of the animated movie, where Bruce and Clark are back to back. And he's, and Bruce looks at Clark and he goes, I couldn't convince you to leave, huh? And Clark goes, I already had one funeral. And all of the villains go and attack them. One of the villains that eventually attacks Batman is Lady Shiva. She doesn't say anything. She has no speaking lines. But Lady Shiva and Batman duke it out a little bit in the reflecting pool before he takes her down and he goes and helps Superman. Well, that was, yeah. And he, like, beat her in, like, like less than, like, 15 seconds or some shit. I was just like, wow, that was epically quick for somebody who's supposed to be, like, the most... De- Didn't she train him? Like... <laughs> I mean, so, um, so that was one of my first complaints. And then like, there was other media that we've seen her in like an episode of, uh, of one of the, one of the animated series and, and other animated cartoons. And, but every single time she appeared, she just kept getting her ass handed to her. And then finally, um, she appeared in the latest, um, in the latest animated movie. I wanted to say Catwoman. It was, was it in Catwoman? Catwoman's the latest animated movie, Catwoman Hunted. Yeah, because that was the one where she finally did, like, really... All right, later she was yeah. actually like, whooped ass. Yes, that mm. was... And, and she was done so epically well. And she just didn't get beasted, like... Like, she didn't get bitched like she did. And then she actually held up to the name of being as deadly and as scary as she this was. Deadly assassin, Lady Shiva. And so it was really well done, and I really just was like yes finally she got so but the thing is like i mentioned she appears as a villain in con and some you know stories but she also has been known to be an aide to batman and to help him in some of his no nothing i've ever read does she ever actually like well it actually mentions some in here really she actually helped bruce at some point because 
Even during when he got his back broken in the 90s and he was wearing the mask of Tengu, the reason she had him wear the mask of Tengu is because she went out and killed a bunch of people wearing the mask and knew people would come looking for revenge. And so she had him wear the mask so that he would have to get it would help his training because, you know, these people are coming to try to kill him. Um, I think one of the there, one of the, you don't know because you haven't read it, but. And for some people who don't know, some of you know Cassandra Kane. You've heard the name. Cassandra Kane is the is also known as Orphan, who is one of the Batgirls currently. Well, Cassandra Kane is the daughter, daughter of Lady, of Lady Shiva. Shiva. The one that she birthed with uh Right. So yeah. if you've watched the newest season of Young Justice, that's what you also saw her in. Cassandra Kane gets kidnapped by 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 them, yep. and so she's you see Lady Shiva actually whoop ass in the latest season of Young Justice. Yeah, hardcore. That's yeah. what it was. It wasn't Catwoman. It well, was. It was. She may have been in Catwoman, but the heart, the one in Young Justice is it so was much Young better. Justice, yeah, because I think Cat. I don't think she was in Catwoman. I think we were talking. Th- we watched Young Justice and Catwoman like at the same time, so I overlap a lot of their content. Their, but I Story. think she was in both. She may have been, but but either way. Either way. Either way. Um, um, you see a lot of her uh, in that first, in that last season of Young Justice, current season of Young Justice out right now. You see her, and you see her really well. Like, she is actually really well used. Um, but you haven't read the DC, Deceased story, the Ed World's End or whatever, that, no. that she's in, and you see her... Um, you see all the villains that are at the end and everything, and, like, she's still alive, and she's actually, like doing what she needs. She ends up sacrificing herself, you know, to, to save her daughter. Um, so, but again, very great use of Lady Shiva in Mm -hmm. that. So here's where it talks about, uh, during her search, she meets Tim. Okay. So I'm not going to go into like what she was searching for. During her search, she meets Tim Drake, who is fighting King Snake's criminal organization, the Ghost Dragons, as part of his training to become the third Robin. Shiva saw potential in Drake and took him on as a student. As a bonus, she offered to train him in one weapon, and he chose the bow staff. Shiva derivously, derivously mentioned that it was not a lethal weapon, and Drake explained that was uh, the reason he chose it. At the end of his training, he defeated Shiva in a sparring match with the bow, and she gifted him a collapsible bow staff. Eventually, they discovered that the ghost dragons were creating a, a, vir, a vir, virtualet plague, a virulet, whatever. Uh, Robin Shiva and ally Cloud uh, Rollins attempted to stop them from releasing it, but the dragon escaped with a few canisters. After tracking them to Hong Kong, they eventually defeated King Snake. Though Rollins died in the attempt, and Shiva mostly witnessed the proceedings, while King Sang hung precariously at the league of a, at the ledge of the building, Shiva ordered Robin to kill him, to signify his graduation and become her weapon. Robin refused and left. Shiva then threw the King Snake off the ledge herself, though he survived the fall. Then it goes into uh, Bane breaking his. Uh, breaking Batman's back and Shiva's, uh, you've already covered that. But then it mentions here, 
Later, she helped Batman against Ra's al Ghul in his League of Assassins, including Bane, when Ghul attempted to release a deadly virus called Ebola Golf A that would have killed half the world. Oh, okay, so that was doing so, the legacy. Okay, I know that story. I didn't actually read I know that story. I just didn't read it. So that's uh, that's why. So that's why, um, you know, there have been times that she has helped. Like, she, there is a lot of her, you know, she's a mercenary, so she doesn't, she kind of marches to the beat of her own drum. And to me, it kind of makes her in the same vein as a, as a, uh, Slade Wilson, um, Deathstroke. <laughs> mm. Because, you know, he kind of does the same thing. Like, he has, he has a, has a line that he will not cross. That Shiva does not have said line. Shiva does not have said line, but she doesn't put the like, you know, what what's the word I'm looking for? If it's something that's going to potentially end the world, she's going to side with saving it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's one of it's it's one of those situations where I was like, look, let's not destroy the earth. It's where I keep my stuff. Right, right. Yeah, you know, we we villains talk a big game, but at the end of the day. I, I'm not trying to actually destroy I the like, world. I like the planet. I like the planet. I keep all planet. my stuff here. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get too let's not get too out of out of hand. Here. Right, and that's more her approach. Yeah, Bruce during the story where he's wearing the mask of Tango, doing after he gets his back broken, Bruce actually has to fake killing someone in order for Shiva to complete his training. She was going to keep sending people after him because she was trying to prove to him that you can't be Batman again until you're ready to cross that line. Because the people you're trying to get the mantle back from have no problem to cross that line. Right. So, yeah. So (laughs) Bruce eventually. So Bruce fakes killing someone and it gets seen by Tim and Dick. And they both think that Bruce has killed him. And they're just like, everything you told us is a lie. Like, it called, ah! yeah, all kind of well, outrage. Right. Yeah. And then it turns out he actually didn't kill anybody. And they're like, oh, man, you faked it. Oh, okay, cool. Good going on you. Oh. Um, <laughs> we take back all the harsh stuff we just said. Uh, How let's go home. How quickly flip? Yeah. Man, the fa- that um, family's so tight. <laughs> so tight. So, uh, I, wow, we you just covered 25 minutes on just Lady on Shiva. On just Lady Shiva, but she's that epic. Anyway, so... And she is. Lady Shiva is a really great character that I really feel does not get the justice that she deserves. Really needs to have something... I I feel like Shiva should get her own standalone... Like, I I posted in the group, you guys have probably seen the picture I posted of her in a new issue of Robin, and I was like, I really need this action figure now. I need them to make it. I don't think Lady Shiva even has an action figure. Right? So. But anyway, she is definitely one of my top... Number one favorites of the villainy and just absolutely badass. Love her to pieces, and you know I recommend anybody that hasn't actually gotten a chance to look into her. You know, treat yourself to you know some comics with her featured in them. (laughs) I really don't want to pay almost thirty dollars for this book. Is that the first one? Yeah, first appearance of Lady Shiva. That's not Richard bad. Dragon Kung Fu Fighter number five. Thirty bucks is a not bad. It's not like it's twenty dollars plus ten dollars on shipping. I mean, we don't, we can't necessarily do it today, but I know. Is, I'm just damn. That was a hundred. See, hundred. I'm not willing to spend. It all depends on condition of the book. I would like a really <gasps> good condition. Right, a seven point five for hundred bucks. 
Uh, anyway, so we're getting off topic here. Um, so the next person we were going to talk it, about. See, there it is. If I'm going to do it, I, there's a nine point five, the nine point oh CGC graded, two hundred and fifty bucks. So uh, the next person we were going to talk about was going to be Two Face, but I decided I want to skip Two Face because everybody knows fucking Two Face. Like, I, legitimately, if you are a comic book fan, not even just a Batman fan, if you are a comic book fan and you don't know who Harvey Two-Face Dent is, you've well, been slipping on your pimping. No, well, okay, so I didn't, okay, so the reason I threw Two-Face onto the list was because February last month, we had the, the, the February of twos, two, two, twenty-two, and then two, twenty-two, twenty-two, both fell on a Tuesday, which is the second day of the week, and they fell on the two and the fourth, so they fell in a synchronization of twos in the, in the month. So it just happened to be. I know, and we made a post yeah. in the group and talked about it. And that's why I want to talk about other villains. Like I feel, it's not I feel. I know. Yeah, I am forty-two years old. Am I forty? I'm forty-two. Yeah, I'll be forty-three this year. Forty-two years old. Forty-two years of reading comic books. It, it's not hard to, to to throw a rock and hit a Batman villain. No. And well, to find I mean, a Batman villain. Here's my thing: to find a Batman villain that people don't know about because you know all of it like here's there's a whole generation who when they read comic books to this day when they read batman comic books they read batman's voice as kevin conroy yep there's just no getting around it you hear kevin conroy's voice when you read a batman comic book and you're reading batman you're just like i'm batman like I can't do Kevin's like voice, but you know what I'm talking about. Every time I read anything Joker, I automatically think it's Mark, Mark Hamill's Hamill. voice. When I read Star Wars comic books on the rarity that I do read them, and Luke shows up, Luke's voice is in the comic. Yep. James Earl Jones is Darth Vader, which makes for reading comic books extremely difficult when I read the Darth Vader comic books. But that's beside the point. My thing is, I want people to, I want to inform people on Batman villains that they don't always know about. Because I feel I want to shine a light on those lesser known villains that aren't always just there. I already know the villain I want. Oh. And it's not even the Mad Hatter. Because I thought about doing the Mad Hatter. But then I realized everybody knows that version of Jervis Tetch. Blue Coat Batman the Animated Series Jervis Tetch. But that's not what I was going to go with. He is the Mad Hatter, but people know him. He's people think about it, he was even in Gotham. That's why I don't think of him even as low as a low. He was in a lot of episodes of Batman animated series, and he made it. He may not have been the main villain in any movies, but he made it to the Gotham TV series. He was the main villain for like a season. Yeah, in Gotham. But I think that they really underdo. I think that's what I wanted to touch on was I feel like he is really underappreciated for how scary he could fucking be. Because of his mind manipulation. Maybe as far as the version of him that was in the in the show, because the version of him that was in Gotham wasn't really the version of Jervis Tesh that most people should know about. Because the reality is Jervis Tesh is one of those people that is an amazing Batman villain because he's actually, just like we talk about a lot of Batman villains, he's actually really, really stupid fucking intelligent. Yep. He's crazy smart. Crazy smart. Um, But a lot of people don't think of him that way. They don't think of Jervis Tetch as a threat, much like a lot of people never thought of the Riddler as a threat until the Riddler was in 
the year of jokes and riddles. Oh, and God. now look at him. He is the he is actually the villain. The war of, of jokes and riddles. The war of jokes and riddles. But think about it. He is now the villain of the the newest major motion picture Batman movie. And yes, because the war of jokes and riddles really dug up just how scary the Joker can actually be. If you take away the like nothing for nothing. The gimmicky I, look. Nothing. I love Jim Carrey, but if you take away the Jim Carrey. Uh, Riddler and actually put like a, a like a serious Riddler out there like yeah he can be really scary. I personally am a fan of the Riddler from the Batman cartoon. That Riddler, that version of the Riddler was phenomenal to me. He was smart, he was tactical, and he didn't just take an ass whooping from Batman. No, he fought. <laughs> he actually fought back. And that and it's uh, that, like that to me, I feel like that is what sets him apart from every other incarnation there is. Well, I mean, the version not of even just that. Like, I think I, I think that is the thing that was to me that was missing the most when it comes to Batman villains. None of the motherfuckers ever fought back. Batman ain't got no goddamn superpowers. It ain't like he can fucking heat vision your face off. Well, I mean, he's got me- a belt full of gimmicks and shit, and none of them ever fought back. Oh, you see Joker fight him. But it's not until recently. Again, not right, until the Batman's version of the Joker fought back before the Joker started fighting back in comic books. He really didn't fight back before. They just all just kept get, catching ass whoopings from Batman. This is true. Batman would show up and they'd be like, bam, boom, zap, and pow. Oh! The only person that actually fought him was Catwoman. Right. <laughs> and she was only fighting him as foreplay, so that's not even the same right. damn thing. <laughs> she was just fighting until she could get the dick. Like, if he'd have shown up just and just... playing hard to get. Right. If, she'd have, if he'd have just shown up and whipped the dick out, he'd have saved himself so many times getting scratched. <laughs> it just caused all that to go out the window. But Jervis Tetch, the Mad Hatter, is actually a really great character, but a lot of people do underwrite him because his entire gimmick is centered around Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland. Which is absolutely amazing, but they it is amazing, do it but as, they it, don't do it right. Because, do you know how hard it is to write a crime, to write a story that involves a crime themed around Alice in Wonderland? I could do it and make it really fucking terrifying. But then, what do you do after that? What do you mean? When you want to use the Mad Hatter again, what do you do after that? You can't keep telling the same story. There's only so many versions of he saw some chick that looked like Alice, so he kidnapped her and brainwashed a thousand thugs to help him do it that you can tell before it's just like, oh, Mad Hatter kidnapped somebody again. See no, what I'm saying? a little blonde hair, blue-eyed... <laughs> right, he kidnapped a blonde hair, blue-eyed white girl. Was she named Alice? No. Did she look like Alice? Yeah. yeah. Well, all right, then okay. there we go. She was wearing a blue dress. Right, like that... It, it all It all works itself towards that, mm-hmm. that inevitability of that finite... No, see, I I would go beyond that. I would go beyond the Alice approach and do just a general Wonderland approach, like, like you know the ma- the mad ass hatters, the you know trying to uh, replicate you know like scenes from the movie from the books and stuff like that. Did that. And, Okay, well... When he was introduced... That's what I'm saying. When he was introduced, they did stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the Mad Hatter is great, but again, it becomes a finite situation of how long can we do 
these stories before right. we don't have these stories anymore to do. I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like if I get if I actually sat down and gave it some thought, I could flush something out. But either way, let's talk about what you were wanting to talk about. We're got way right, off. Well, I, I challenge you to that, then. Like you, you challenged me to write. I challenge you to write a creepy, decent, uh, Mad Hatter story. Mad Hatter story that's not a traditional Alice in Wonderland right themed. Okay, I will. I will think on that. I will brainstorm it and come up with, a, you know, a, a You heard it here, folks. Okay. So now she's got to do it. <sighs> I will attempt. I will right. do my best. You still haven't produced me no stories yet. I got them over there. I just got to pull up. I got to pull them off the other computer. Okay, then. So, the 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 character I was going for, before we got sidetracked talking about Jervis Tatch and all the stuff that he can do, because like I said, he's not a bad character. It's just... I feel like being a one-trick pony in Gotham City, you're always at... It's really not that hard for... Ba- it's the it's fact really that, easy for Batman to, to the, hunt you down. Right, like, it's it's not one of those things. So, the, now, mind you, don't get me wrong, the the character that I'm thinking of is... isn't one that's going to give Batman any kind of real trouble either, because let's just be real, his his gimmick is kind of fucking stupid. Um, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna lie about that. Like not even remotely lie about that. But the reason I bring him up is because Batman has a lot of fucking villains that are just like, how the fuck is this guy a villain? And let's just be real, we right, all man. had we all had that thought until we saw fucking Polka Dot Man in the Suicide Squad. And we were just like, oh <laughs> shit. Polka Dot Man is boss. Like, I guarantee you everybody's idea about what they thought the moment they heard Polka Dot Man changed the minute he fucking started blowing people up in that goddamn movie. He's a fucking dude covered in Polka Dots. How dangerous is he? Blue, 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 blue. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Right. Polka Dot Man. Got it. Like, <laughs> so, um, all right, so it's, he's a dumb fucking character. And I got, I, I want to start by saying that. I want to start by saying that this character is totally retarded. There's literally nothing about him that should have ever made him pass just some stupid. He should have been left on the napkin at the table Right <laughs> after the third shot of tequila and the two beers oh, and the nice. like four mixed drinks. Um, <laughs> so here's my villain, my Batman villain. I want to talk about is the Condiment King. Not Condom King. I was giving everybody a chance to finish laughing because I know there's some people who just heard me say that and they're just like, "This motherfucker really just say Condiment King?" Yes. The Condiment King. Condiment King. Now, <laughs> I wanna, I wanna put it out there to let it know. Okay, so the Condiment King is a joke villain that was created by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini for the Batman the Animated Series. But here's the thing: think about it, okay? Just for a minute, I want you to think and remember: Harley Quinn was also created for the Batman the Animated Series, and we see how everybody loves her. Uh-huh. Because she's done right now. When she if if Harley Quinn had stayed the same, oh Mr. J getting I'm beat up. Getting beat up and all she wouldn't be the character she is now, I don't Ooh, think. Oh, that was eerily close. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so I, I I wanna put that out there. So yes, he is he's a parody of the campy supervillains who Batman fought in the Silver Age of Comics and the sixty six T V series. He was a he was a petty criminal who makes use of various condiments, sometimes capable of causing 
Anaphylactic shock, because, you know, if you shoot somebody with peanut dust and they have a nut allergy, you can kill a motherfucker. That's just how that is. As his weapons. He he literally ran around shooting various condiments, which could potentially oh cause anaphylactic shock because people are allergic to stuff. Like, if you're allergic to mango and he shoots a mango salsa onto you, then he just attempted but murder you. Like, he had a mango salsa. He's got a gun that shoots different. He's got a. He's got, got four hoses. He's got a utility belt that has tons of condiments that hang upside down on him that fire out of that. He can pull the trigger and it's such, and it comes out of his gun. He is Condiment Man, who his real name is Buddy Standler. Okay, and in the comic book and in the in the in the DC animated universe, he was named Buddy Standler. In the comics, he is known as Mitchell Mayo. Oh god. This is getting better and better. So here's the thing. He is generally used as comic relief. No shit. Right. So his original origin is that he was a stand-up comedian who who got the Joker mad and the Joker kidnapped him and brainwashed him into becoming this ridiculous supervillain as vengeance. Oh god. Okay, so here's the thing. Everybody may think it's funny. It, it's Condiment King. He's hilarious. Ha, 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 ha. But let's be real. James Gunn thought about using Condiment King in the Suicide Squad. Oh, Lord. But he chose Polka Dot Man. He went with Polka Dot Man over Condiment King. But he still wants to do something with Condiment King. Oh, God. That means he's going to end up with a spinoff series like fucking Peacemaker did. He may not end up with a spinoff series, but Condiment King may end up in a story somewhere that is going to catapult him into fucking meteorite. Like, he's going to become a We're fucking gonna have to go superstar. We're going to Condiment King issues, aren't we? Yeah. All right. So, Condiment King's first appearance was Batman animated series Make Him Laugh. In the, com- in the comics, his first appearance is in Birds of Prey number 37. I might even... No, I don't have that. I have I have the trade papers of Birds of Prey. Right. Now, here's the thing. And, and he's been in film. Okay? Condiment Man appeared in the Lego Batman movie. Huh. He was one of the Joker's assembled villains in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, he was in the Harley Quinn... <laughs> Condiment King made a minor appearance in the Harley Quinn TV show, DC Superhero Girls. Uh, he made an appearance in Young Justice. He made an appearance in Lego Batman 3. The video game. The video game. He appeared in the Lego DC Supervillains video game, which I need to beat. I Batwoman. Um, uh, true, Batman once referred to him as Mustard Man. That is a thing. Uh, so there is, there's tons of him out there. There's, Condiment King has been out and about. He's done other stuff. But he's not just a bullshit-ass villain. Like, let's just be real. Like, for motherfuckers who are alert, who have nut allergies, Condiment King running around with a gun that can fire just peanut dust at is dangerous. Let's just be real. I, I don't want to just be like, don't worry, Condiment King can't kill you. Yes, he fucking could probably kill you. Like, I mean, let's just be real. And if like the shock is deadly. Right, so... In the comics, he's chronologically, he's appeared on New Earth. The Condiment King first appeared in Batgirl Year One uh, that was written by Chuck Dixon and Scott Betty. So, much like his animated counterpart, he's a comic relief villain that is easily taken down by Robin and Batgirl. He also appears in Birds of Prey number 37, where he's defeated by Black Canary and the third Robin and Blue Beetle. Comic King was also given a new alter ego of Mitchell Mayo. Like I said, in the comics, he's known as Mitchell Mayo. Uh, in the DC animated universe, he's Buddy Standler. 
um, in Robin 121 in April of 2008, Robin defeats the condiment king again. Robin observes that the villain is potentially dangerous, if only because his condiment gun could cause anaphylactic shock. But his ludicrous nature prevents the Justice Department taking him seriously. Uh, later, the condiment king is seemingly killed after being betrayed and b- bludgeoned by the human flame with his own ketchup and mustard guns in the miniseries Final Crisis Aftermath Run. So it is like I said, he is a, he could be a dangerous criminal. It is all in matter of how he is used. So some of the, this breakdown. So the weapons of Condiment King, he has a condiment gun. He's a, that he's frequently equipped with. It's a squirt gun with tubes connected to belts or backpacks filled with condiments. These guns are relatively harmless at most, causing the target to lose balance or be propelled moderately backwards. Originally, he was equipped with one gun for ketchup and one gun for mustard, but he will later be shown with a larger cannon that can swivel between different condiments because no one's got time when you want to shoot somebody with salsa and all you've got is a, hot, uh, is a ketchup and mustard gun. Nobody gives a shit. Um, he has hot sauce packets. Condiment King will sometimes equip his suit with packets of hot sauce, which he uses for close quarters combat by squeezing into his opponent's mouth to incapacitate them. Now that I can actually see working. Or into somebody's eyeballs. Right, it was like chop, huh, 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 and you've got hot sauce. Right. You've got sriracha squeezed into your eyeballs. And oh, now you just, God. Now oh. you just hate life. Right. Somebody's going to go blonde. Um, he actually has a utility belt. Condiment yes, King I saw will, it in the picture. Condiment King will it's sometimes wear people. a utility belt of different condiments connected to his weapons, revealing, raveling the, the utility belt arsenal of Batman in terms of garnishes stored and nothing else. Look. Look, people, if you've ever worked at a fast food restaurant, you've ever seen, like, the syrup packs in the back of the stores with the tubes hanging out of them, that's what a utility belt looks like. It has, like, there's just tubes just hanging off of him, like, hooked up to things on his belt that were where the condiments come from. And they all connect to his gun, which would be the fountain where the drinks come out. God, so the, I think the hardest part about dealing with condiment men are the condiment-based puns. Like, for oh, example, they use God. the big bad bat guy. I knew you'd catch up to me sooner or later. <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. Or the or the gem of how I relished this meeting. Oh, what? You, the dynamic dark knight versus me, the conceptual condiment king. Come. Come, Batman, let us see if you cut the mustard. Oh, my God. If they make a cheese joke, I'm out. Uh, Something about uh, he was later revealed to be a stand-up comedian, but he sounded like he was brainwashed by the Joker. Using using the Mad Hatter's Hatter's devices. Which is why I did the the crossover from the Mad Hatter 2 Condiment King is because the Condiment King only became the Condiment King because the Mad Hatter because the Joker used Mad Hatter technology to brainwash him. Yeah. All right. So we're not right, going to so, have time to talk about all the other ones that we had on this list because man, we got some big personalities to cover. Right. We just covered that. We just did three of talking about Jervis Tetch with the Mad Hatter and the Condiment King, and talking about uh, Lady Shiva in the beginning, um, which was which which needed minutes. to happen. Which needed to happen. Like Condiment the or not Condiment King, Lady Shiva <laughs> needed to happen. Um, Lady Shiva definitely needed to happen. Um, but yeah, so, um, with that, why don't we just, uh, 
save these other ones for the next. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna save some of the other ones. Um, there are like I said, like I always say, there is a lot of there are a lot of villains out there. Our next segment is going to also talk a little bit about, like, villains, friend, or foe. Because there's been a lot of villains in the DC Universe who have been both. And we're not just talking about, you know, the classic Batman ones. There have been some uh, on the Superman side, some on Wonder Woman side as well, that have played both villain and friend to her through, or to them, through the Through their history. So... We're going to cover some of that into the next one and um, cover, like, you know, which, uh, you know. Yeah, in, in the villains number, in the villains part three uh, episode, we're going to talk about uh, Bizarro, Parasite. We're going to cover Ares, uh, Artemis for Wonder Woman, Ares and Artemis for Wonder Woman, Parasite and Bizarro for uh, Superman. Um, I'm going to want to talk about the Rogues Gallery. When we're talking about here, since we're talking about heroes, villains, you know, heroes and villains, as far as villains are concerned, because I think the Rogues Gallery that. is the best example of villains who also understand what it means to be a hero kind of situation. Right. I was going to, yeah, because, you know, the the one that we're going to skip is the is the classic, uh, you know, uh, Batman villain heroes because there's so we've always we've touched on them so many times so we're going to x them out of you know the conversation and go yeah i'm not uh we've, as far as i'm and, concerned i'm done covering batman villains because so. <laughs> he's got too many that are so just out there if you've watched any type of modern media that involves superheroes comic books or any kind you've been you, saturated you know batman with batman so i'm not even villains. gonna i'm not even gonna worry about it right. you've been saturated with batman villains so you're good and so like you know one of the things i am loving is we are getting more recognition with um with villains outside of the norm like especially in the latest like you know james cameron uh suicide squad they, James Gunn. James Gunn. Thank you. James Gunn. Suicide Squad. Sorry. Um, when they uh, introduced Starro and stuff, who is an incredibly powerful being and has never been used in anything, it's like you know how fucking scary. I mean, not he even is. just the powerful. It's interesting to me that it took this long for Starro to be the villain of any comic book movie coming out of DC when. Starro is the first villain that the Justice League fought. The cover of Justice League number one shows the original Justice League all Fight battling Fire. a Starro. Mm-hmm. But yet, Starro is not a character who is routinely used... In any media outside of the comics. Right. So it's like, man, this took a really long time for this to happen. So I think we'll cover Starro um, as far as Marvel villains are concerned. We're going to um, have to do a whole segment on just Marvel villains because we haven't even touched on them. And There's you know, so many of them that, that cross over. There's so many Marvel villains that cross over from being uh, just a standalone Captain America villain to being, oh, well, that's an Avengers villain. Well, I mean, the same could be said about villains that are Superman and Justice League. Like, there's a lot of villains that, like... I think of Superman when I think of them, but really they're more of a Justice League villain. Like, when I think Brainiac, for some reason, I automatically go to Superman. But he's on par with the rest, like, taking on the whole league, not just... But he's primarily a Superman villain because, in a lot of the stories, Brainiac came from Krypton. Yeah, that is true. So, since he came from your home planet, he's one of yours. (laughs) 
That's how you know. That's how that's how the Justice League breaks down. So he's one of yours. That's how Bruce looks at it. He's one right, of yours. Right, it's your territory, man. That's one of your headaches. But but then you get like you know you can go a little bit wider and say like, hey, well we got the lanterns involved over here, and this is the all their sector. So this thing that is like you know a world ending entity <laughs> is wandering into your sector. Like that is to me a, that goes that is a green that is a there. Green Lantern problem. That is a Lantern but that problem. Is a, that there lies a difference too, but that, that's something again we can talk about in another episode. Talking about how, you know, in the Marvel universe they have the Nova Corps, who was supposed to be like these cosmic police or whatever. But the reality is, I don't know if the Nova have their own sections. We'll have to look up stuff for that. But Green Lanterns are galactic cosmic police. They have each one has right. their, each each sector has two Green Lanterns, and each one they deal with any problems that come along that are beyond that hit the radar of cosmic threat. You know, the Green Lanterns are just like even if. Brainiac is considered a Justice League or a super, you know, a Superman problem. When Brainiac shows up in Sector twenty eight fourteen, the Green Lanterns show up because he is a cosmic threat. This motherfucker flies around stealing planets, stealing cities, stealing whole planets, stealing stealing cities and destroying planets and shit. That's not just a one hero problem. That's a that's a us issue. That's a whole all hands on deck moment. Right. (laughs) Hey, hey, Colin. Uh, the B team, C team, D team, and the backups. <laughs> right. We need to hit the alert button. Shit's going down. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll cover a couple other villains. We'll keep doing these parts. Uh, this is just part two. We'll work on part three uh, with a list of villains to bring you guys so you guys can understand, you know, get get to know a few, a few characters outside of the standard, uh, hey, we're going to use this guy on TV until we, you know, we're beating this dead horse <laughs> characters. Right, because, I mean, you know, we we definitely want to steer away from the mains. Like, you know, we are not going to be talking about Luthor or the Joker because they are way too overused. Way too overused. Right, like, I mean, let's just be real. In the, in the grand scheme history of Superman and Batman, you could throw a rock and hit a story that involves the Joker or Lex Luthor as the villain. Right. It's not hard. Um... I want to shine light on the villains that on the characters that are in the DC universe and in the Marvel universe that aren't normally seen. Oh my God. I keep forgetting. Cersei is, is one that we could talk about too. Yeah. Um, which could also tie in magic users, which could bring in Clarion. Yep. So there's, I do not know where that boy falls as a villain. Um, well, but we'll we'll look into we'll that. We'll look into that because I mean I think in general he falls in as a league villain because he's taken on the league several times and his different members of the league like he doesn't just stick to one person he actually crosses all of, like all of them he's been he's faced off Wonder Woman he's faced off against Flash I think they mentioned like he's he's kind of been all over the place so these are true facts. Um, but when I was talking earlier about, like, Wonder Woman villains, like, I couldn't think of anybody outside of fucking Ares and, and Cheetah, and I was like, Cersei. Cersei is, like, one of the most famous Wonder Woman villains, and I just blanked on her. I mean, there's now Silver Swan. Well, yeah, Silver Swan, which is hilarious, because I keep, keep forgetting about that. She's got a whole movie. Right, I mean, she's got a whole movie, but... She's got a whole still, animated movie. Still can't remember. Like, my brain just blanks, like, I don't know, maybe she just wasn't interesting to me. <laughs> Even though I made a character that apparently looks like her in DC Universal Online. Maybe we should rewatch it then. Maybe we need to. Maybe I need to re up 
like my memory on that one. I don't remember things very well sometimes. But anyway, we're in our last five minutes, so rambling over. Right. Uh, so again, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hope you enjoy the episode that will follow. Uh, we again, we'll attempt to do them on a more regular basis, so we're not just like, hey, maybe we'll do one this week, maybe we won't. Hey, and anytime y'all ever want to join in, be a part of the conversation, throw in your, you know, two cents on something, have a suggestion for something that we should do for an episode, you can, you know, hit us up on any of those social media sites. You can send us a. Um, a tweet, a, a DM, tweet, a, PM, DM a PM, smoke signal, whatever it is that you need to do. <laughs> and just let us know. Um, and, you know, let us know what you like or want to hear about. So, so as always, my outcasts, until next time, be good to each other and to yourself. Bye. Peace. Peace.